Hey everybody, welcome back once again to Top Drawer Podcast. Match Week 10 is in the books. Adam and Alex here. It's December. Uh, matches are going to be coming hot and fast for like the next, I don't know, like seven or eight months. I think they play like every day or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, Seems about English right. Way. No, but so things are really hotting up. Champions League is getting close to the knockout rounds. Uh, that kicked on again today. There were some matches and there'll be some, well, last night for you listening and today uh and then europa league as well so uh, a clash of titans this past weekend was billed tottenham mm-hmm. chelsea we'll get into that that slug fest but uh let's not let's not put it off any further we're gonna hit you with the rundown callum wilson and jolington's late goal snatched victory away from old ally roy's grasp of a shared point as newcastle win 2-0 Eastern European Nightclub FC begin their march to right all the wrongs that have been done this season, and it started with a 1-0 win over Sheffield. Viva la Nightclub. We couldn't think of anything really here that was snarky, clever, or even halfway funny to say, so Leeds won, Everton nil. Pep Defo has some photos of Sean Dyche and his under goatee because City dropped Burnley 5-0 again. Not even a Neil Malpe penalty miss could stop Brighton from splitting the points, Liverpool and Brighton draw 1-1. Arteta must have brought the wrong what-would-Pep-do notebook, as they were clearly second-best all day. Wolves win 2-1. In the matchup of the weekend, Tottenham traveled to Chelsea, and Jose Mourinho left Stamford Bridge the only way he knew how, with a nil-nil draw. Whatever the movie about Zlatan leading the line at United was called, this is the sequel, as El Matador hits for a second-half brace and an assist, to bring United back from 2-0 down to win 3-2. Riveting stuff as Ollie Watkins' shirt sleeve was deemed to be further forward than the West Ham defender's shirt sleeve, and a late equalizer was thankfully ruled out. West Ham hang on over Villa 2-1. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, as Brendan Rodgers' Leicester look to be on shaky footing as they've dropped two in a row as they fell to Fulham 2-1. I don't have any paper to crumble because that was on the laptop, but that's the rundown. It wasn't bad. So, it wasn't bad. Alex, uh, how the hell are you? I'm doing all right. Wasn't, um, <clears throat> wasn't the weekend that we thought it was going to be. We talked last week at the end of our last episode about looking forward to the City-Tottenham match. Wait a minute. Chelsea-Tottenham match. There it is. There it is. Uh, and I remember making a point to saying about, uh, I hope, you know, United at least show up and don't embarrass them th- in themselves against uh, Southampton. And yeah, they got that message late, didn't they? They did. I mean, we must have been using a telegraph system. I don't have an assistant, but if I did, they sent the telegraph and went in the pipelines under the ocean to London. The Queen got it and then sent that shit up to... Uh, fucking Alagana Solskjaer. He got it. Next thing you know, whatever. Yeah, well, but, you know. But, I mean, even aside from that, it wasn't the weekend that we thought it was going to be. No, there was, you know, again, uh, the the obligatory comment about this. Um, you know, VAR ran the headlines again. Mm-hmm. Did it in the Liverpool match. Uh, did it, like we said, in the Villa-West Ham match. I mean, I, I don't... I don't know what is going to happen when someone scores with an armpit and they rule it off sides or or they rule it handball, excuse me, because it's going to happen. They're going to spend all season saying, no, it's above the shirt sleeve. So it's not a handball. And then, you know, they're going to, someone's going to score that way and they're going to call it a fucking handball. Well, that's the problem is the inconsistency. Inconsistency is our problem here. It's, is it a toenail? Is it an armpit? Is it a shirt sleeve? What is it? Is it onside? Is it offside? I couldn't tell you anymore. Not that I could tell you to at the start of the season. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that was just that we have the, you know, it's almost like a sponsorship. You know, this this episode brought to you by VAR. Cause this they're entire all podcast is brought to you by VAR. Yeah. I do want to say I found it odd that Chris Wilder for the second week in a row has decided to put his sights on Jurgen Klopp. And maybe there's many of you listening that think he was completely uh, in the right. So uh, last week, um, Chris Wilder 
kind of hit out at, you know, Klopp and what he had been talking about, you know, with the player safety in the matches. And Chris Wilder was one of the managers to vote no for a fifth, uh, for the five subs. This week, uh, he took umbrage with Klopp uh, not fighting for the fact that Sheffield hasn't been allowed to allow fans, or they fell in the tier three, as if Klopp has some sway has over some this. government or, control. Yeah. Or he should be speaking out more. I, I don't know. It was odd. Um, a real odd thing to do. But to be fair, Chris Wilder does have a point. Now, that was a pun. You get it? Because Sheffield have one point. Yeah, they have and point. That's right. They have and point. So it's going to be sad to, you know, we stuck up for them, and I'm officially removing my uh, support from that because uh, I don't like him anymore. You know, I think he's, it's, a little, it's... Uh, he's being petulant, and I don't understand. <laughs> well, I don't understand why. Not only is he being petulant, but they're not any good. Right, they're not good. We we liked them last year. I mean, I had a, a sweet spot in my heart with Dean Henderson there, but him leaving definitely wasn't the thing that that drowned them because they're literally not any good right now. Well, it's funny because, and you know, from my standpoint as a Liverpool fan, Chris Wilder was like effusive in his praise for Klopp last year. He loved the man. Couldn't say enough good things about him. Now can't stand him apparently, and you know. It's funny because a lot of people say, well, Jurgen Klopp's just got sour grapes. That's why he's talking about this after he loses. Okay, well, he said the same thing after Liverpool beat Leicester 3-0. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Ole said it on November 7th after you guys played in Istanbul, right? No no one, you know, Gary Lineker and all them, Patrice Evra, they, none of them had anything to say then, but, you know. Anyways, that that's just a little subjective part of me. There's a little bit in there, but what? Let's let's get to the actual sport. Yeah, l- what, l- what? Uh, let's get to a couple of games here, huh? Yeah, um, lead, give me something. Throw one at me. Well, so let's do that the heavy-handed one, and then we'll fade away from it. Let's start real deep in the weeds here. Let's talk about Brighton Liverpool because there's there's some VR decisions in there. There's a couple yep. penalties called. There's a couple miss. There's a missed penalty. There's a penalty call. There's a whole bunch of good stuff in there. Yeah, shout out to Neil Malpe for pulling in the absolute master class on what to do after you miss a penalty. Is go down with an injury like less Correct. than 45 seconds after it. Anyways, yes, if yes, I'm following. Malpe hits that first penalty. Outside yep. of the, the uh, perceived rallying cry that Liverpool would have probably received, that's 2-1. That this game ends. And Brighton gets three points out of this. Which I don't know if deserved is the correct word. I don't necessarily think they deserve all three points. But yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. And but I, there was there was a fight that against the champions that Brighton Brighton is putting that fight up there. Well, we also said this last week, Brighton's a team that you don't, you know, if there were playoffs or if you're in your home stretch of trying to make top four or stay out of the relegation zone, you're not going to want to play against Brighton. No. And this was without our godson in the lineup. Tariq Lamptey obviously had the second yellow red card that wasn't overturned. He's out there. And so he didn't didn't face us. Uh, Adam Lallana with a nice 10-minute cameo. His heat map was like... From the fourth official out to the center line and then back to the fourth official. So you mean uh, uh, Gerard's uh, um, heat map. Yes. When he stomped on. And United when he came out for the second half substitution and literally like a minute and 30 seconds in he got sent off of the red. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was. uh, That was. That was fun. Yeah. Not fun. Not fun. Well. I guess. You know. You know. You you weigh the the hourglass. To be fair though. You know. So Malpe. Malpe miss and this is you know Liverpool was pretty heavily rotated um by necessity um you know you had Takumi Minamino played the full mm-hmm. Salah came off everybody made a meal about how Love he was Minamino. When he came off you know well, I, but but to be fair I mean I mean Salah he had he had a goal it was disallowed which and not I think I think I think disallowed. this is probably the first point of this is 
the VAR decision, although, you know, you you could get a mathematician in here from from Princeton or from Oxford and he could say yeah. yes of course he was seven eighth of a quarter of a millimeter offside you go okay yeah I guess against the rules that is offside and then you go is that how we want this game to be played well is so, that what we want for Liverpool's the thing for me that was a bit odd was it looked like they set the defenders. Uh, line on the inside of his right foot where his left foot wasn't down but you could have put the line off his left shoulder or his left hip which was closer to the goal so you know as someone sitting at home on their rear end watching it and you can say well wait a minute that's some of the things that they have but uh, you know but to your point is that you know and that's the ollie watkins one Mm-hmm. They were literally mm-hmm. measuring shirt sleeves. Yeah, no. Between the just, defender and him. And is it's this like, the pinky this toe not, or the ring finger toe? Like what What advantage has he gained by that? Correct. Um, and it's none. So he you know, yeah, so that's disallowed. Uh Liverpool Jata, you know, continues to just transform into the greatest goal scorer the Premier League's ever seen. Apparently. Yeah, I mean it, numbers don't lie. I got nothing He's against on his way. it. I got nothing um, against it. So he scores again, and then the late foul on Danny Welbeck in the box. Andrew Robinson, Robertson misses the clearance, clips his toe, and then he doesn't go down. He takes a step, then goes down and tumbles. It's a good thing his name wasn't Mohammed or anything else of a non-Anglo-Saxon origin because the media would have had a field day with him. But, I mean, true. However, Andy Robinson kicked him in the toe. He he kicked so him in the toe. I want to be clear with saying I feel like that was correctly given as a penalty based on how the rules are and how they give – Sure. How they apply the rules, right? Sure. So I don't want people thinking that it's not. you know. And I also don't think you should have to go down. No. Foul's um, a foul for it, but there was something to be. There is something to be said if you you know try to look at it objectively or in a vacuum, right? If you don't have shirts on these, you know you don't have these aren't teams. They're just players, um, ambiguous ones. Player A, player B, and you see that, and you go, okay, what was it really? Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. it is, maybe it isn't. Um, I did find it odd that Henderson came out and said that you know Danny Welbeck said after the game. And other Brighton players said to him that that's not a foul. Like, just in the principle of the game, I don't expect anyone to ever go to a ref and uh, say, no, 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 no. You got it all wrong. That wasn't a penalty. That's not a corner. I kicked that into touch. Yeah, okay. But at the same time, you know, uh, injury depleted Liverpool, who got smoked by Villa, I think only... I think what did I see was it like Sheffield Sheffield's bottom bottom of the table Liverpool are tied at the top down on goal differential and Liverpool have given up more goals than Sheffield have mm-hmm. this season so far I mean mm-hmm. if that's if that's not 2020 then I don't know what is well I but, mean it's the idea of scoring more I mean this is a clearly a a season of I don't know, just figure it out type of thing for both clubs, managers, administrators. So you guys have scored more goals. And so you are better off than Sheffield is. Yes. yes I mean, I, United I is, I don't know, sitting in some weird limbo, but we're enough to be five points off as today sits from the league, from from the top of the league. I know it, it's one of those years, right? It, it's, it's, I don't want to say one of those years as to minimize, I don't know, the millions of people that have died, but. Aside from it's, that, it's, it's one it's, of those years. It's one of those years. It, it I don't know. It it feels it feel it, it is different. It is different. We all acknowledge that it's different, and yet we have to kind of move forward with that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to get really interesting, and it's going to get really spicy here coming up. Mm. Um, we're going to see what teams. Uh, might be a flash in the pan and aren't mm-hmm. battle tested, if you will. You know, 
can Chelsea withstand, you know, these continuous fixtures? You know, does Frank have it in him to to do what needs to be done? Does Tiago have the legs? Things like that. So yep. I think it's really gonna really gonna start to take a turn. What other uh what other matches? What else? Give me another one. I mean so you want to chat about. So so we're gonna uh here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna save the uh, uh <laughs> The creme de la creme that we teased last week of Chelsea and uh, Tottenham. Yeah, we'll do that last for the last for the last one. We're gonna we're gonna save that. So let's kick on to uh, 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 Southampton Man United. There you go. I mean, so we talked. I'd about argue the, the only Man one United we're on Southfield or Southampton. I'd argue the only one really worth in the end to be worth fair watching. I mean, as I a agree. whole, it was objectively. It was, I agree. Yeah, I mean it. It it had uh, it had the most to it, you know. You guys forgot to show up in the first half. And yeah, no, no, we weren't off the bus in the first half. We we things there. looked bleak. Things looked bleak. I mean, what? So take me through it though. What was what was your well, so your uh, fan side? It was it, it it it's weird, right? So this is almost the epitome of Manchester United, right? So watching the first half. Within the first, I don't know, eight minutes, I was like, okay, we're just, this is the Manchester United that showed up. This wasn't the PSG Manchester United, right? This wasn't the 4-1 uh, Istanbul Manchester United. This is just, this is the Premier League United that shows up and does, maybe loses, maybe wins, maybe gets a draw. I don't know, it does a bunch of nothing and looks sloppy the entire way. This is what it looks like. We had a couple. We had ricocheted off the post from Mason Greenwood. Uh, uh, Marcus Rashford have a, had a couple of nice runs in, but it was nothing that was that you look at the entire squad and you go, I see a game plan. I see what's going on. Here are the runs. Here are the passes going in. There was none of that. Right. None of that. And then all of a sudden, the half ends. We're 2 nil down. Right? You hope Danny Inglis Southampton. Exactly. Now, I said the week prior, I hope we show up for them. So far, we had. This is the United that doesn't show up for a game. Which to we be fair, all though, know what it looks like. You guys you guys did fall victim to giving a penalty to uh James Ward Prowse. Now it wasn't a real penalty, but it was a James Ward Prowse penalty. James Ward Prowse uh, is one of the best free kick takers. I don't care if it's from a corner or from an yeah. actual free kick, but they're free kicks nonetheless. He's just, he's just, he, he's like Sigurdsson from three years ago, four years yeah. ago. It, he's better than that. I mean, this is like, this is what everybody talks about what Beckham was. I mean, the guy is just mint. He puts the ball where he wants it. So got an assist from a corner for the first goal hits the free kick for the second goal, two nil down United. Against United going into halftime, so we go into halftime. I don't know if 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 Ole sh- threw a toaster at somebody or a hair dryer a hair dryer moment. I don't know if that happened, but what did happen was I can see him just walking in and throwing a hair dryer at Cavani. You know, I don't know why this, I did that. I just did that. Uruguayan who has like no idea what the symbolism behind that is, <laughs> and then Ole not being prepared to like to explain it, have anything he, like he didn't think that far ahead. He was just like, what did what would what would Sir Alex do? I know, fucking throw a hair dryer at someone. Here's an appliance. Eat it. Fucking <laughs> just beams him, and then they're just standing there, and Cavani's looking at him like, what the fuck? And Ole's like, uh. Now, okay, to be boys, fair, let's go. If he did throw it at Cavani, it worked. It worked, yeah. To fucking keep throwing him. To man. be fair, so so I mean, I'm I, gonna do it at my kids' soccer game. I'm just gonna throw hey, hair dryers at the children. Here we're going. If you don't do it, I'll do it. I'll take him to. I'll take him to the side. Hit him over the head with a plastic hair dryer. We'll it'll be all fine. We're here for results. You, you just distract the wife. I'll do the deed. It'll be done and with. we'll get the W. That's exactly. It. We'll as all as points. long as we get the win, it's all that matters. That's right. So, but to be fair. Cavani comes on on the 45th minute, which I don't I don't know whose decision. I mean, it was clearly uh, Ali's decision at the end of it because he's the manager. He puts the, the players on the field. But at 40, 45 minutes, right out of halftime, puts Cavani on, takes off Mason Greenwood, which 
Screenwood. Man is the glory child. At least he's... I don't know if I don't know if he's the one I'm taking off through that game, but I I agree. I don't know that that's the person I'm taking off. He's hit the post I think twice that game by this point. He's got he's got the eyes on goal, and yet you take him off. You put Gavani on. You got to take De Gea off. You put Henderson Henderson on. That doesn't mean much. Another. I think he has one save throughout that. Gavani comes on. What is it? Thirteen minutes later. Gets an it's assist. It's like the 60th minute that yeah. he assists Bruno. 50th, 58th minute, I think, is what it was. Assists Bruno. Bruno, great goal. Gets it. Grabs the ball, pulls it back. And then it's like eight minutes later. Cavani, header, bop, ties the game up. And then, of course, we all get the Fergie time. Cavani, El Matador coming in. That's just right. just That's putting right. yourself in the box where the ball's going to be somewhere there off a free kick. You put yourself in a position to score a goal. Yeah, and so this is what's weird, though. You know, Cavani is a proper player. Now, I know there's plenty of jokes and memes of all of his absolute awful misses, and yep. he has plenty of them. He's had, he's had five or six of them since he's been at United already. But, I mean, he, he, he does. I mean, his name holds weight for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... He's going to make a difference. and But the problem, not the problem, the question I have is, you know, signing Zlatan didn't get you anything tangible. It kept you up at second. I think we second. won a, a, a European title Euro- out of that. Europa, you won Europa, yeah. And you know, a Which, European so that, title. I mean, okay, Europa. Take what I can uh, get. Yeah, let's say, I hear you. But the issue is, you know, you so you bring him on and you're taking a Greenwood off instead of a Martial, right? Mm-hmm. Where well, it looks like Martial Mar- wasn't Martial's, on the pitch. Was he not on? Okay, no, so. it, was, it was Rashford and Greenwood and Bruno. Those were our top three. Things. So, but I mean, you know, how, how many minutes is he going to eat that are Greenwoods? And to what benefit? Because Cavani's not going to be there for, you know, five to six years, right? Money might be there for two years. This was uh, in in the forums and the social media forums that I that I live in for United. People are going, you know, after this match, they're going, you know, start Cavani, start Cavani, start him over who? Start him over right. Rashford? No, of course not. Start him over Martial? Those same people would probably say not, even though I might. I might be open to that. I'd start him. You start, I'd start him start over him. Greenwood. We can start him over. Uh, and if you're not starting Martial, if you're not starting Greenwood, if you're only doing Rashford up top, so you're not taking Rashford off, are we doing a double striker and taking Bruno off? No. So I so mean, I you, guess the where, issue where is do this. you want this 34 right. year old to go? <laughs> and so that's kind of that's the issue. That's the question that I would have is you know at, at what cost, and then at the same time. You know, here's here's a secret. Sometimes it's not good to start players in their 30s, mid-30s, right? Maybe you should just bring them off the bench in the 50th minute, in the 60th minute when you need a goal, mm-hmm. right? Save him for the season. Olivier Giroud's having a great time on uh, uh, Chelsea bench. To be fair, when he comes on, even when he did that for on, on the Arsenal bench, when he yep. came on for Arsenal, he would score goals. And he would get the glory. He didn't have to play 90 minutes. He could play 20 minutes, and he would get the glory out of that. Yeah, it's it's an issue that you see some teams uh, reach for to find that big name. United has fallen trapped to it recently in the past, you know, four or five years, if you will, to find that big name that's like, yeah, well, he's past his prime. You can probably get a year or two of good play out of him. But... You're not bringing anyone to get the real minutes. You're 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 not growing with anyone. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, if you don't win at all with them, it, you know, it's almost a waste. But yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it was the same thing with Latan, Cavani. I don't know. This is a weird year, so I I don't even know to compare it. I don't even want to try to right now. The good news is though that win, that win that has. Ole stays around written all over. He's so good at that. 
He's so Hanging good at going around. to PSG and getting Hanging that around. win. I guarantee you. So we're going to PSG next week. Tuesday, we'll be at PSG. I guarantee you, we blow them out of the water. 7-0. Guaranteed. Well, it depends. It depends what you do at the weekend, right? True. You know, so if you have we a really We got to lose at the weekend to win it on exactly. the weekday. That's... And you got to look, like, really bad doing it, too. Although, I'm pretty sure we're, like, up, like we're top of the league in Champions League right now. I'm pretty sure we're, like... If we're not automatically guaranteed, we're like a point away Ready from being go. guaranteed. But I think all we need is a point to be a guaranteed, whether it's a first or second place out of the out of the group. The good news is you're playing West Ham this weekend coming up. Perfect team for you guys to just look absolutely shit against, only to come back out on Tuesday against psg and look great against i mean true i mean if i'm in my head i'll think about like, all right cool i'll take that however i need i don't know what the matchups are because i haven't looked at them quite yet or i looked at them but i haven't memorized them i need i don't know tottenham to lose chelsea to lose i don't know i need all of them to lose if, if, so then i can lose so then i can lose, win that, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yes yes that's all right. That. Well, so you That's know, here we come. The the league. heavyweight the heavyweight championship of the weekend. Mm. Uh, Tottenham, they go to London. They're at Stamford Bridge. Mourinho comes comes home, and uh, it ends probably how we all should have seen it ending. Um, nil nil. Yeah. You know, Jose shows up and. You know, they played, I'm not going to say it was just a, a, you know, it's easy to make the joke that it's a nil-nil finish and there wasn't anything to it. Now, at the same time, it wasn't up and down, you know, no. breakneck It wasn't speed. a dis- defensive battle by any means. No, and, and and they weren't at the same time lucky to not each have four. Um, there was some yeah. There was some good football being played and two good teams. Now, the thing that I take from it is... You look at what's happened to Chelsea, and it's incredible at them being a laughing stock with Keppa and now having Eduardo Mendy in there. I believe he has like six clean sheets mm-hmm. in all competitions for Chelsea. I mean, I don't know. Does Keppa have six clean sheets in his career at Chelsea? No, he doesn't. I, I'll tell I, you that I, right now. For I, a fact, he does not. I, I mean, I have no idea if you're right or wrong, but like, if you he were doesn't. to give me odds on that, he doesn't. Yeah, so it's just it's insane. It's insane to see that, and there's not really much in the game. I think that we're going to talk about. There was there was one, and and, and I 100 percent agree that there's not much to talk about because it was for all intents and purposes, it wasn't a defensive battle. That there was one attacking team, and or they were going back and forth, and and each back line was holding it out and denying the other team. There was one spot where, where uh um uh Eduardo Mendy came out from his box. He came out, I don't know, he must have been fifteen to twenty yards outside of his box to clear his line. I don't know if it was Espaliqueta or, or or who it was that came back and, and or I, th- I think it to be fair, I think it was Conte because it was a weird it was a weird situation situation where Conte was going to come get the ball that was falling over his shoulder, a long ball while he had an attacker coming in on him. And he went, and I remember hearing the shouting cause there's no fans in the stadium and they were shouting at each other, literally sitting face to face with the ball between them as like two attackers are coming in. And then finally uh, Conte literally just left the picture. He just ran away. <laughs> and so Eduardo Mendy would just clear the lines, and he just he literally just sent it out of play because nobody knew what was going on. Right, it was really weird, and I don't know if that was on uh, Mendy from coming out of his box so far, and Conte just didn't know what that was about playing some men, uh, some Neuer shit or what was going on. Right. I don't know. It, it was some a, Adrian shit. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was very interesting to see that play out. He's screaming at him. Listen. We bought you to not be Keppa. Stop doing this. Go away. And yet, literally, literally, Conte just moved away. He was like, okay. 
I don't so, care if this ball goes in the net. I, you deal with that. I'm out of here. It made me think, though, because this, you know, this transformation of what, you know, Chelsea obviously had all these other players that they bought this summer. They've had some youth there mm-hmm. with Tammy Abraham, Christian Pulisic, who was hurt. Um, but it, it wasn't, it didn't matter. It wasn't enough. They still had that glaring uh, weakness. They buy Mendy. It looks to be rock solid now. Um, happened to Liverpool three years ago. Liverpool are halfway through the season, playing pretty well. They end up buying Van Dyke. Van Dyke takes them to a Champions League final. The next year they win the Champions League. Last year then they win the league. Mm. So from a philosophical standpoint, I want to ask you a question. Okay. If you are a manager of a team that's absolute dog shit, pretty much you've you're getting rid of everybody. Say you were just in place as a manager and it was just taken over by some, you know, gigantor billionaire and they're just flushing all the money in there. Say say you're the head coach of Wrexham AFC. Ryan and Rob come in. And they just open up those big old fat checkbooks, and they say, "What? What do you? Uh, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. What position? What singular position would you identify if you were to be able to pick that rock solid, you know, best in the world type player? Right? Would you? Would you look for, you know, an Allison or an Oblak?" or a Neuer type, you know, mm-hmm. top of the world goalkeeper? Would you find Van Dyke? Would you get a Conte or a Tony Cruz or not me personally, but everybody else, I guess, Luka Modric? Or would you find that Mbappe or the Neymar or who, like, what is that position? I don't want a player. I want it from a philosophical sure. standpoint. So, what position? So, so I get it. Uh, I think, if I'm getting, if I understand this correctly, that I'm getting at minimum one major player, one mainstay that will will be the basis of my squad. I think it's got to be a six, or, or or even if it's not a six, a six or an eight. I think it's got to be a midfield. I think a six works though, right? A Conte, right? A six that goes box to box. A six that can bang a goal in from outside the 18-yard box, right? I don't know if that's a Conte. I don't know if that's a like a like a Henderson character that you just put him. Maybe I know Henderson doesn't well, so like I, the six, but why are you a, looking a character more for his... like him that can go in like a Pogba. See, okay, this is a weird, this is a weird statement. Hold on, let me get this out. So you're giving, you're giving mouth. me an eight. You're, you're talking more of an eight. I'm talking than a an defensive eight in the six. six. I, yeah. See, okay, let me, let me scrub all of that. The Conte notion, I think, is the correct one. Yeah. So you want I a think, six? You I want a defensive a midfielder that that provides yes. cover for your back line, but also moves forward. But is a modern day footballer, right? Correct, like a correct. like a Fabinho. I, I think, it's not. It's yeah. not Javier Mascherano when he was at Liverpool, right? No. Where he was just this. You could see it made sense why he went to center back at Barcelona because he was just this brooding, you know, defensive force in the yeah. midfield that allowed you know like Alonso and Gerard to go forward. Well, and this while is he stayed back, and this is what I think. So for your question specifically, I think if if the idea is I can get one world class. Uh, player at any position i think i wanted a six right i think i want one that that sits in the middle that if the defense isn't great can drop back if the offense needs a little push it can go forward that i think that is something that can depending on how great they are and if they are truly great can give me a little bit of everything i need yeah it's it's odd for me because i i struggle between like an an eight, a true box to box, you know, like a Gerard, mm-hmm. right? A guy who just he can go forward, and I I look at like his performance against um, Milan in in the Champions League final, in the extra time when they're tied up and they're in extra time, and 
he he played like the rest of the match for like the last like 15 minutes and then threw extra time basically at right back. He was at right back. I mean, the amount of tackles he made in that like 30 minute, 40 minute cameo was insane. But so I'm not asking to move that, but but a player who can do that, who mm-hmm. can take the ball and carry it, that he can play forward depending on what the game needs. And then I struggle with, okay, do I want that absolute Rolls Royce at the back, that Van Dyke, you know? And I think I have to go with an eight because, you know, you see a Van Dyke at Southampton uh, and they can kind of be handcuffed with how much they can do on their own. Um, Now in the right setting, it can, it can really take you over the top. But if that, if my first piece that has to be my main, my main piece, it's gotta be that, that true box to box number eight. Well, and that's what I think that I was looking for with the six. It's definitely more of a holding, more of a defensive mid, but I I would expect there is a forward aspect to that. I, I think we're kind of... Well, not at your six. I mean, your six is going to be... Yeah, no, I, mean, no, I understand. So put, okay, so but, here. So so let's whittle it down then. You have your 10, your attacking mid, you have your eight. That's a box-to-box. And then you have your six. Deep-lying, you know, it could even be like a Pirlo, right? But a deep-lying mm-hmm. midfielder, not well, a box-to-box and midfielder. See, and I think, that, I think that's what I was kind of looking for, was not one that necessarily drives the ball forward to the the 18 yard box in an attacking sense, but a Pirlo that will uh Pirlo defensively doesn't get me where I want to be, but like, you know, a Conte defensively and box box defensively. And then a Pirlo won the balls at his feet to where it's not just, let me pass side to side, right? but it's one that I can, I, I'll spray yeah. it when it needs to be sprayed type of shit. Like, like I think it, if there's one of those characters that I'm not necessarily certain that I could name one right now that could do that. I mean, I think you're looking at someone like, like Tiago when he was at Bayern, right? Tiago would play. And I know Kimmich kind of moved into the midfield, but Tiago can play that six role, but is also, I don't think he likes it, but I think he can. Well, you kind of want him in that like double pivot where he's mm-hmm. not, going forward as much and right. he's staying back and he's able to dictate. Well, he's not somebody that he... goes in like a, 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 a four, a four, one, three, one or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. He's not going to cover. Yeah. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to cover, you know, 90% of the mid, the defensive midfield, like a Conte. will. but to be fair, not many players can cover what Conte does. Correct. What a, so I think we both, are, you know, are, are in the same vein. What about, what teams what teams could use an infusion like what Chelsea had right so Chelsea was clearly missing this huge piece and then they get this upgrade and it's just overnight it's transformed them Liverpool went from Joel Matip and Dayon Lovren to Matip and Van Dyke to Van Dyke and well, I mean, if we're talking though. about if we're talking about the, the next step forward, I think we talked about this earlier. Uh, Tottenham could extremely benefit from a, a, an eight, a really hard and hard eight that can spray the ball as much as they want. So, most specifically, so that Harry Kane doesn't have to drop back as far. Although he's being fantastic at doing that and providing for Son. But could you imagine that the two of them, having Son as a false nine, having Harry Kane as a true nine, and then having a yeah. nice eight right behind them, just spraying, just spraying the ball side by side to them? And to be fair, that's that's kind of what Hoiberg has been a bit more. He's more of like a number five role, mm. but he's he's making those passes and he's commanding that midfield to where when Harry Kane does drop back to more of a playmaker role and San does as well. And Lo Celso will come in and do things like that. Mm. You know, he's Hoiberg is, is owning that role that Mourinho wants that defensive stability in mm-hmm. there, cleaning up all of that. It's not loose. You know, it's not all over the place. It's tight. It's organized. There's structure to it. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. Like if you were to give someone like a, 
like a Tiago, I guess, that could put those passes around um, that you wouldn't need to be making huge marauding runs forward. Yeah, I mean, like a Tiago, uh, an old school Erickson, right? Or I know you're not a big Modric fan, but Modric sitting there, or I don't know. Uh, yeah. I well, don't know so, if Tony again, Cruz think... is exactly the person we're looking for, but but I mean, I think an Erickson, an old school Erickson sitting back it there. Sounds back like he with might Tottenham. be. It sounds like he might be coming. I saw something, and I don't. Let me let me rephrase this. I saw something that I didn't bother to read further on, hmm. but was talking about or asking about the possibility of a swap with. Uh, Jorginho going to Inter and Eriksson going to Chelsea. Now, I have zero idea if either party would be interested or would spat, or if it's a real thing, or if it was just we'll someone get our made we'll get our image, we'll, but, we'll, yeah. we'll make some phone calls for our contacts, yeah, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, put our we'll, ear to the ground. We'll really figure that out. So, what about Arsenal? What would you give Arsenal? What does Arsenal need? Arsenal needs. See, the issue they do need a lot. That that's really the issue. But so that's kind of the question, right? What do they need? Right, like to get a refund from Nicola Pepe. To be fair, I I think the last last thing that any team needs is an out and out striker. Unless you are the most defensive and well rounded team that just can't put the ball in the back of the net. Outside of that. Well, most Burnley has defenses. Well, I get that they don't score a lot. I don't think that that's their only issue is that they don't score a lot. I think they let in a lot of goals also. Only when they play City. True. Well, everybody lets in a lot of goals when they play City, I guess. But my point being is, I don't know. All right, so Arsenal. They need so much. I think. I think they need. I think they need a solid defense. I need. I think they need to start with. But it's not a, a center defense. Back. It's, no, it's a center a back. Player. And I think they need and center back. They need a center back that United thought Harry Maguire was. Now we all know he's trash and he's a literal refrigerator on wheels. We all yes. get that. However. The the idea of what he was coming out of the World Cup and then coming to. Uh, United post Euros and then into United that you know big meaty French or not French forward big meaty forehead as Arlo likes to say uh you know hitting on chicks and and saving England out of uh, uh from yeah, being yeah, relegated yeah. Out of the yeah. World Cup and the Euros like like that 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 feel of a defender now hopefully better but that's what they need they need that 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 defensive. I don't know stone that 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 blocks that that brick wall that blocks that defends against anybody getting towards their keeper. What about let's see who else could we who else could we give a gift to? Um, what does I want to make it interesting, right? What does uh, so? Even though they just got a bunch of new stuff, what does Everton need? Right, so they just brought in Jaimez. They have Allen. They have Decore. So basically, a whole new midfield. DCL's in the goals. They're a little little light in the back. They've got Jordan Pickford, so that's the easy answer, right? But this isn't about completely like like for like swaps. It's what would you give Everton? I don't know. I, I, there are things that they need to improve on. However, I don't think there's anything more important than their back line. I mean, we, we, we could talk about an expensive player that is the goalkeeper in Pickford. I mean, neither of us like Pickford. We think he is a literal baby that's standing on somebody that has four foot long legs. And two foot. One yeah. and a half foot baby long arms. arms. Baby arms, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's it's only a baby. got small arms. He's a baby. Um, but I, I think I think something, especially if we're being real about this, we can, they can save more money and they can make a bigger difference with having a, a better back line. And more specifically, a solid, especially since they play a, a three at the back. Um, 
a, a better solid middle center back. Um, I mean, right now they're using Holgate, Keane, uh, and Godfrey as their back three, which I don't know. <laughs> Michael Keane, I, I, yeah, that, that that's Is how Yeri they played Mina, last week. Is Mina out? Yeah. Uh, Michael Keane, I know Michael Keane. He was an academy player for United, and not anything against the man, but he that is being that that being your your middle of your back three, I don't think is quite quite where the former leaders of the league think their back line needs to be, right? Yeah. Um, and, and putting a better person in that position, if that's how you're going to play your your system. I think that will save you from spending money on a better keeper and a keeper that is maybe has baby arms, but can put himself in at least a mildly decent position. If you have a, if you have a better center, good center back in front of him, I think you'll be better than just buying an $80 million. I mean, I really think that they would just be better off if they not overthought it and just, I mean, you could literally put Loris Karius in those sticks, and I would mm. probably have more confidence than Jordan Pickford. I mean, same. I mean, you could probably leave the sticks empty and put a six or another is, center back out there, and I'd probably that be is more a good, confident. That is a good point, because if that goal is empty, you would be guaranteed to not have a ball that is going out of bounds be brought back in inbounds by yes. your goalkeeper. You're not so giving away a, corners from your goalkeeper. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Man, yeah. I mean I mean how much how much did they spend on Keppa? How many how many center backs could they have bought? Good center backs at that. Well that was, well that was Chelsea of course. I understand that. But I mean I know, you probably I mean who knows? Who knows? If they're English ones, you know, like Ben White, you gotta pay fifty five million dollars because he's English. I spent I don't know, seventy five, eighty five, I don't know how much I spent on uh imagine I mean, I if didn't he was it, but imagine if he was you know, fucking German or French or anything that wasn't English and played the exact same way on the Which team. One, ben White or Harry Maguire? No, Harry Maguire. Yeah. Played the exact same way on a team relative to what Leicester was in their respective, you know, league, whether it was France, Germany, whatever. I mean, no way you're paying eighty five million dollars for that guy. Negative. No way. Negative. Unbelievable. Well, that's just because we I think have a it's weird though because apparently we can just throw it about. So both of us stayed away from forwards. Yeah. Which is odd. Because, I mean, if you can't drive from your house to work, you don't need a Ferrari, right? If you can't get from, from A to B just on your own and, and right. pay the bills, you don't need to pay the money to get a Ferrari. You, I guess, you just yeah, don't. I guess I, I mean, I, I guess I, uh, I can agree with that. Mbappe doesn't really, you yeah. know. Is he coming back to defend? Is he coming even if he's not coming back to defend? Is he coming back to get the ball if it's not getting if it's not getting churned up to him? Is he coming back to where the six is to get the ball to then bring it up to where? I'm going to replace Chris Wood. I'm going to replace Chris Wood with Mbappe and watch you know Sean Dykes draw absolute masterclass plans for fucking Burnley to cycle the ball up front. Yeah, right. I can pay half the money. And by half the money, I mean a third of the money for Riyad Mahrez instead of Mbappe or Neymar for him to do the same shit. He's going to score the same goal. And at least this, and at least this, at least Riyad Mahrez has played in the Premier League for the last, I don't know, five years. I don't know. He's not going to defend. He's not going to do any of that shit. Are you equating, are you equating Mbappe in a team to getting the same, that team getting the same and results from Mares. That's can a bold I, claim. If you are, it is a bold claim. Can I can I posit this, which is kind of in the same vein? What about Messi? Messi on a uh, uh, city. Is that any different? Well, or, it is, is a Mbappe bit and Messi. No, I agree that Messi's 
Messi's better than Mbappe. Is there a different difference in scoring between the two of them? Is there a difference in defending between the two of them? Right. So, yeah, but, so, but but the issue is, we agreed that Messi is better, right? No, and I think I look. I, I get what you're saying, and I agree. Right? There's only so much someone like that can do. You see what the Firmino Ferrari did at the top. Yeah. Firmino did two years ago when he's that playmaker that would come back and get the ball. What Kane is doing this year, and even then, there's only so much you can do. Uh, so I agree. I mean, you know, you can. You can look at guys like Danny Ings who can play well and still bag 20-some goals if you've got some decent service coming into them. So if you you know, if you know, shore up with a, a world-class player in your midfield, you might be able to get the same results mm-hmm. or better results, honestly, than if you went with a world-class player up front and shit behind them. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. I just, you know... People, it's a weird they, thing they, to they say. Like, I don't disagree. Yeah, because you want to, you know, this is growing up, I guess, right? This is what happens when you're... This is this is kind of, it kind of comes full circle here. When, when you started this question, I said a six. And a six, and, I, and you said an eight, right? So I think we're both kind of in the same mindset, whether it's defensive or attacking, but it's the same. There needs to be a box-to-box type of... Whether it's more defensive minded or attacking minded, there needs to be that 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 stability in the midfield that that I think I don't care if you're a shit team or a good team that's looking for a piece, that will always help you and help you greatly, I think. Now I tell you what needs some stability is this opening match for this weekend. Cause it's uh it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a, it's a real tough one. It's Burnley's hosting Everton, so just uh, I mean, I don't know if I can literally contain my excitement for this one. It's a battle of no goals, FC against. He's only got short arms. Mm-hmm, 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 so mm-hmm. so yeah, so they kick off seven thirty Saturday morning. Man City uh, have a tough test after Burnley. They uh, they host Fulham. That's a wash, rinse, repeat right Jesus there. Jesus Christ. The Hammers are hosting United at the, the lunchtime, the 1230. That'll be interesting. And then Chelsea Leeds is your afternoon cap, your matinee. And then moving to Sunday, Eastern European Night Club FC against, why are they still holding Wilfred Zaha prisoner, Crystal Palace? Mm-hmm. Chris Wilder has a point, and he takes that point, or he hosts that point, uh, while he hosts Leicester, Sheffield and Leicester's the nine fifteen match there on Sunday. So uh, they got a North London derby that is I this think weekend. This, I think this will be the one, huh? So you've got Spurs, Arsenal, and Arteta better figure some shit out here quick because I I don't see how they how they muster anything through this. Uh, so anyway, so. Again, North London Derby, Spurs Arsenal at the 11.30. And then for the matinee on Sunday is Liverpool hosting Wolves. Uh, Adama Traore brings his uh, baby-oiled biceps to Anfield. Um, And then Monday night, we have Brighton hosting Southampton. That's the that's the heavyweight match, right? That's what we're that's the the top hopefully card. It's the, hopefully, it's the revenge match of Tariq Lamptey coming back. Hey, he, he can get a hat trick. Suspend, can't believe they suspended our boy. Um, yeah. Is there anything? I mean, Chelsea leads. Chelsea leads. If this was like week three, I would probably say Agreed. would be the one. But Agreed. I think uh, Liverpool Wolves probably the the better of the ones for me. Um, I mean Tottenham Arsenal, right? I mean North London Derby. Yeah, can't. I just can I can I say something? At the beginning of the year, we talked about Arteta, and we could see what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we gave him far too much credit. Apparently, the only thing that he picked up and that they were ever trying to do is just passing out from the back. Correct. Because there's nothing beyond that. Yeah, no. There is nothing. They don't look good, and the problem is who they're passing out through is not is not good either. I mean, I, 
I don't know. At this point, it's just giving Arsenal credit to give Arsenal credit. Right. Yeah, I'm done doing that. I'm done doing that. Agreed. So, Agreed. Who, uh, who's your top boy of the week? We kind of skipped over that. We did. I mean, so can I give two? Can I give my objective one and my subjective one? I mean, you can say them, but you'll have to decide. Between okay, so so me saying this will then, in my brain, I'll be thinking about it. Well, I have my answer. My subjective one just off the rip. Actually, no, you know what? You know what? You know what? I'm not doing Shit any of this. Or it's, get off it, the pot. It's Cavani. There's it no way. Cavani. There's no way it's not Absolutely. Cavani. I, I was I was kicking between James Ward Prowse and not. The problem is James Ward, James Ward Prowse had an assist and a goal. He didn't have two assists, two ass, or one assist two and goals, two goals, yeah. and he didn't win the match. So he can go fuck himself. Jeez, it's okay. Cavani. I, I, there's some projection happening here. I feel like you're mad at yourself for doubting. I mean, I am. Pro- I am. Yeah. But it's Cavani. It's Cavani. No, you can. You can absolutely do that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll say Riyad Mahrez. He had a he had a hat trick. Fantastic game. Um, in a scripted five 0 win over Burnley. Like I said, mm-hmm. I'm positive that Pep has like. Pictures of Sean Dyche in like a French maid's costume because they continue to lose five nothing when they play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's three in a row at City that they've lost five nil. But uh, City needed that. They they were kind of adrift a bit. They weren't banging like they used to. Worst start they've had in the league in eight years. I think. I don't think anyone's really gonna cry for them too much. Negative. They do still have a, a match in hand. I believe they're in eighth now. But I'll, just to change it up, I'll go there. Do you have a shit house uh, moment of the week? I do not. However, I do want to say that I thought I had one earlier in the weekend, and not only can I not remember it, but it must have been not that shit houseery. If I can't remember that. it, no, couldn't have been. I've got one that may or may not qualify. It was kind of like Diogo Jata's last week where he said to the ref, next time I dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart Holding from Arsenal follows Adama Traore. And yeah, when the whistle's blown, he picks up the ball and he throws it. And I believe he says, I think he says, are you... Are you fucking kidding me? He's built like a brick shit house, and he goes down like that. Because mm. <laughs> the point being, male pattern balding, skinny, Stuart Holding, fouls, Adama Traore, who's from Muscle Beach, you know, Huntington Beach, Correct. California, and he folds like a lawn chair. Yeah. And these, <laughs> these are the fun things that we would not, and you can hear it clear as day. Clears it. He's built like a brick shit house. We never get this. However, I We'd don't know that it. I would. Uh, I would definitely sacrifice these types of things. I mean, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll proceed to see throughout this the the season end how good they get. There have been some good ones. Also, a note. I just realized that I have written down as a note, uh, and the lineup does not show because uh, Newcastle hosting Villa has been postponed. Mm. Because of uh, coronavirus cases. Now, I'm not sure if there's a standard uh, postponement guideline based on cases. Um, I don't know. I don't know what there's new or what with this new tier system. I don't. I don't understand. I mean, I know. I don't, I don't know, think it's I that. I think it's it's within all. it's within one of the clubs is what it is. Mm. It's not based on the city area. It's it's there is an outbreak within. Hey, one but, of the teams. Hey, but don't worry. Fans are coming back to the stadium. I, you know, but, I'm happy as a sports fan. but Yeah, I mean, I'd like to be back in a, a, a football stadium, both English or American. But at the same time, man, if the players can't stay healthy, I don't understand how the, the fans are supposed to. I mean, if you're only allowing 2,000 people in a 50,000-person right. stadium. So what are you doing? Every, what are we doing? Every other air. section? Well, to be, I mean, to be fair, you know, I guess the argument is this is at least outdoors. If you're allowing me to eat outdoors, to dine outdoors, why can't I be on a football match outdoors? I understand the argument. 
But we're not going to get into it. However, as a sports fan, as a sports fan, it's nice to it will be nice to see some people there, most likely. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on from this. But yeah, let's move on from this. You got some business to hit. This I do. So if you guys want to shout at us, uh, give us your suggestions on any of the matches that are coming up or or any future topics that you want us to talk about, uh, you can hit us up at topdrawerpod at gmail.com. If you don't want to hit us up that way, you can follow us on any of our socials. Uh, They're all topdrawerpod at Instagram and at Twitter, topdrawerpodcast at Facebook. Uh, Hit us up in the mentions, comments, comments, Follow us and and like and comment on any of our posts. Um, hit us up in the DMs if you want to talk to us. If you don't feel like emailing us, um, and out of all of that, just be sure that you that you hit the subscribe button, you hit the follow button, you hit the download button uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever streaming platform you're on, and that's the best way that you're going to be able to get the new episodes that we release on a weekly basis uh, of Top Drawer Podcast. All right. Well, you guys heard it from his lips to God's ears. Mm. Um, Don't forget, there is uh, midweek Champions League. There'll be some today by the time you're listening, Wednesday night. And then, of course, Europa League will follow up on Thursday as we get closer to the knockout rounds. Um, And, and again, strap in because December's here, and it's going to be hot and fast for a long time now. So. Hopefully we can keep these games coming and there's no more pauses and these uh this Newcastle Villa is just uh just a one off and not a sign of things to come. But as always, I'm Adam. I'm Alex and this is Top Drawer. <laughs>